Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the School to the Pool podcast with your host, David Lee. So just to give you a quick rundown, or just as educators would like to say of this podcast, I'm going to do, I'm going to take three things from school, topics, or and connect them to like an outside event, and then discuss the shortcomings of how like that topic and the overall theme that it embodies and how it struggles to be taught in school and how I believe from being a student in high school, how it can be better taught. And as well, the inverse can also happen when like there's an outside event and I can talk, uh, we'll talk about how it is also struggles to be discussed properly. And normally do will have any housekeeping items such as like any for your podcast schedules or maybe a bonus podcast that's coming out. However, I don't have any this week, so sit in. Don't need take notes. It might be a pop quiz at the end, but at the end of the day, I'm not an educator. I'm just a student that goes to a very unique school that caters to low-income students. It's a residential school, and because of that, it has a huge melting pot of different people, of different backgrounds and ethnicities and all that, which means that interesting dialogues and events can take place, which I look forward to sharing with you guys, the listeners. So sit in, enjoy, and just hopefully you can learn something. So here we go. Hey, all right. And so the first topic I'm going to talk about is, of course, a big storyline internally in the United States this week is of course, Hurricane Florence and its movement up towards the east coast of the United States, specifically states such as North and South Carolina. And in school, we again, the school has a way of doing. We don't, we either don't like a time to talk about it, or like it's not a main point, or it's just something that's glossed over quickly in like a CNN student news clip or something and i think that hurricanes i think we can all say are pretty big like physically and also in like the figure that they place in our minds like if you've seen any of the images from space of a hurricane it does seem pretty impressive and it does look like it embodies a huge part of the atlantic right and in school through the sheer nature of learning about New things and new things such as like math and science and social studies and foreign languages and stuff. It's that you learn about a lot of big concepts and big ideas, big rev- revelations. And frankly, I'm going to say that school does not do a good job of helping students grasp and understand the sheer enormity of those things. Well, first off, I will say that as a disclaimer, that I am, of course, biased, and I hope, and I don't mean for this in any way, shape, or form to be me complaining about me getting a bad grade, which, of course, I definitely will not be doing in this podcast. Call me out on it if I ever do somehow. But I think that while it can be said that maybe a reason why students struggle to understand things, such as like things happen in different countries or 
those things is yet they is that we simply haven't been exposed. Like we haven't been exposed to enough things or like we haven't like traveled enough or have had the life experience. But I have to say that all of the like internet, all of the things that we have at our disposal, such as the internet, those things, I think, well, they don't necessarily do the, the full job. And they do do a decent job. Google Maps, you can still go in Street View and see, and you get a feel for what an area is. You go on like Wiki, Wikipedia and all of the Wiki subgroups, such as Wiki Travel and those things, you get an understanding. But none of those things which should provide access and a look. None of those things promote understanding, which, which you would assume is what school is for, right? Because anybody can Google or yeah, can Google or look at a map, but you can't necessarily get the understanding. And I'm afraid that school fails in that regard. We look at look at math, and you know you have like your main unit, and you're ma- you're mainly working with numbers, right? Sometimes maybe in geometry or trig, you're working with shapes, like triangles, circles. But again, it's all very 2D, right? On a very self-enclosed things with the number one, and then like a couple inches over after your circle or shape, number two, and then maybe on the back there's an answer key or whatever. Which again, doesn't really help you know about the practical applications of anything, such as how maybe that's how a wedge is designed for like a door stopper. And that's why you use trigonometry to help define how long a side should be or how big an angle should be. And while like in all fairness, they do try to contextualize things by having a, an end of, like, chapter, like, real-world application, like, project. Again, it's it feels very forced. As in, it's not natural, of course, because it is very, like, forced upon you naturally. And it's, again, it's just very, again, like, you have, it's just like a really big word problem. And I think that, you know, there are some solutions to these things, but ultimately, I believe that none of those things are necessarily going to be the most effective in the way that school is set up currently. And I think that ultimately, in order for students to grasp the bigger picture and understand things at a more deeper level that things should be experienced, and arguably should be interpreted is not through like a year-by-year curriculum advancement, but instead through a much more open and independently driven uh, way of learning. Now, this is like, again, this is, I should say, strongly emphasized that this is not some means to like push away from Common Core or any of those things or standardized testing or any of that. I think, but I do think that the school day can be made much more efficient. I think that the school day should be slow up like, to have like, you have like, you still have like classes and structured settings, but to keep you on track for like standardized testing and those things. But I, oh, I'm sorry about that background noise. This is not a quiet office or office at all for that matter. Moving along swiftly. But instead, I think that. Every student, at least like every Friday, or like hope like maybe a day, should have like half an hour 
for like an hour, any amount of time to simply have the opportunity to just do and learn about things, topics, do projects that interest them personally and what they want to do in the future. With teachers and adults and resources placed at their disposal to be used. Frankly, the earlier that you start, the better it is because I think that everyone is going to go to that phase when they use their time unproductively and they they, they like play games. I think that games are bad, of course. They are, they are not bad, certainly from my perspective, and those things. But again, the earlier you start, kids can start growing in a much more organic manner. And again, of course, this is, of course, this is going to be a difficult implementation because of fears that schools and teachers have about like standardized testing scores, and maybe it's not even financially viable for many schools. But you know, ultimately, especially in the ever-changing and certainly much more technologically focused world, it's going to be necessary. And to surmise everything that I've said for the past seven and a half minutes is that school struggles to help students grasp large topics and numbers and things like that. But ultimately, that's a problem that lots of people have regardless. We can't, we struggle to contextualize a trillion of anything, let alone a billion or a million. But what we can do, what we all are capable of, is understanding, comprehending topics and ideas that we want to learn more about on our own. And the quicker and more effectively that schools can start changing curriculums to, to make it more responsive to the interests of the student, the better off all of us will be. An additional event that happened recently is the arrest of former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. You know, I'm not going to go into my opinions on this matter, as that is not the focus of this podcast. And if if I was going to talk about it, this podcast would not be the way I want it to be. But it happened today, so again, I'm not gonna I can't relate this directly to a Anything that happened as the news broke after I had my social studies class, AP Gov, this year. But, you know, this is a, this relates very well to how social studies is taught in school. Now, for a, schools have a valid reason to avoid touching these contemporary issues, right? Because, especially public schools, which I have gone to, and... It's that, you know, ultimately, you don't want to alienate or make any students feel unwelcome, right? I think that is, of course, very valid, as schools have responsibility to help their students learn and learn in an environment that feels safe. But there's two problems that come from this, which I will label part A. And part B. And part A 
is how things get because of this recency bias, a desire to avoid recent events and stuff is a leaving students un a is leaving students uninformed, which is going to be the first thing I'm going to talk about. And so, if you look at say all of these events that happen the, in the world, which of which there is a lot, and like the in America as well, there's just a huge amount of content that could be talked about. And learn that relates very well. You can like, especially to what social studies classes do you talk about. Like, if you're talking about the Constitution, you can talk about how, like, how it is being implemented, stuff, and how, like, say, the Supreme Court and how like Vega was in the Constitution, how it's sort of playing out and impacting us now. But no, there is none, and instead, it remains like a very past event, which. Again, they technically are, but in the grand scheme of all things, they aren't. Only a little over 200 years has, that the United States of America has been a country. Just, uh, and again, I think, again, that's a factoid that the that schools also don't get give well. But uh, to get myself back on the main road, it is that schools have a responsibility, I think we'd all agree, to keep students informed about a wide range of topics and quite frankly current events is one of those things i think that would certainly fit in we don't have any problems i'd say letting students know of when you know the next time that they're going on a like next time they have a break coming up in the school year or when like their after school activity is at a different time or if there's been a change for lunch and instead of just pizza now it's like taco tuesday something like that and that's because the assumption is that those letting students know about that information is helpful because that information will help them deal with the changes that are occurring around them right that is Essentially, the concept of learning new information is to adapt and react to changing circumstances. But if we continue that, and if we go by the same like A plus B equals C, and B plus C equals A, and then A plus B equals C again, or whatever that mathematical uh, property is. I've butchered it. I'm sorry. It's a Friday. But yeah, going along the same idea, then current events are just as important like the new secretary of education being appointed and like her differing who is betsy devos and her differing perspective how public schools should be run that impacts a huge amount of youth around the country every single person who goes to a public school or to an extension charter schools is going to be directly impacted by it and then students in private schools then be impacted in an under, un, in an indirect way. Sorry about that. But we don't. It's not been discussed. You look at, frankly, so many issues that impact young people, such as, say, the decision to pull out the Paris Climate Accord, and which could, like impacts the future of the planet, which, you know. We will have to deal with repercussions of whatever, whichever side of the argument you're on. Yeah, I think that 
things will change in the future as things always do regardless and we will have to pick up and deal with all the problems that occur right and it's not it's not taught it's like there's like a huge stigma against keeping kids informed about things that well it could like be a bit touchy or something ultimately impact you regardless of which side of the which side you're on how much you care and all that youth make up a huge part of this country and and the way that many young students in every grade level from pre-k to 12 is left uninformed and unaware of current events is a huge shame frankly the benefits of teaching current events in school are frankly so numerous that i will proceed to list them in a very energetic and engaging way as i will benefit number one of course well and more informed right it helps them contextualize things which is crucial english and science and maybe they're like exploratories definitely exploratories and like careers and stuff because the world is changing and from and topics and the careers change as well so it helps a it helps students keep up b helps kids stay grounded it helps remind students that they will be part of a bigger world once they graduate from high school and i think that that certainly helps keeps kids out of a bubble that will be instead of being brutally popped will instead be would have been gently diminished when the kid was only a couple feet in the air instead of like a football field 100 yards above in the air having a harsh landing which keeping kids informed about current events is helpful and see to conclude part a of this topic it's that ultimately it will help kids understand and respect different opinions I think it's safe to say that America is polarized and there are different sides. And ultimately, kids and young younger people, especially like at elementary and middle school, have the ability due to their innocence and youth, the ability to look beyond things that may divide us and to look at common things that we have in common. And frankly, getting in students' heads these current events, and naturally, as a result of current events, you will, there will be disagreements about a wide range of things, such as, in this case, Paul Manafort, such as like the culpability of the Trump administration and President Trump himself, say Hurricane Florence, as was previously mentioned, to local events, such as maybe that road being constructed and stuff. You can take so many different sides, and so many things can sprout out from these things. And how getting it instilled in kids that they can, you know, discuss these things and continue to enhance those skills as they grow older can only be good. And uh, to moving on to point B, which is the whitewashing that occurs when it comes to talking about these things. And so naturally, some of these events are so dramatic and large in scale that they do get talked about. In school whether it is like in a social studies class or any teacher's class where maybe the principal goes on the announcements and says something about it 
But again, it doesn't, oftentimes this doesn't reveal the full picture because hey, the teacher has some bias or it doesn't, isn't the most well read on the, what just happened. Or of course you have to turn it down, the actuality of what happened to make it suitable for your audience, which is of course understandable and acceptable. But yeah, frankly, I feel like kids are resilient and can adapt and handle those things. And I think that would be shortchanged youth in the country by sort of throwing them under the bus and not giving them any credit. But I think that generation that I'm a part of and the generation that comes before me is full of wonderful kids, as every generation is, that is willing and ready to step up to face the challenges that we will face inevitably couple years. I think that by teaching current events and history in a larger picture in a more genuine manner, not being scared of shying away from current topics in any grade level and particularly in elementary and younger ages, the quicker we can start change and start being more genuine, the quicker that we can have a more vibrant and workable and respectful and intelligent and deep thinking population and country and frankly the entire world can take a page out of not my textbook but textbook that they have in class it is said that a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they will never see well, I think that the old people of today can push for change in how education is taught. And their, their push and their shit, planting the tree of inquisitiveness and awareness of what's going on in the world will surely pay dividends when the next generation sits in the shade and the awareness that those adults have spread to them through changing this cur curriculum for the better. And hopefully that can happen. On a lighter note to conclude the three topics, as I will do every podcast, is that it is the time of year in September when high schools across the country have homecoming week, right? For alumni to come back and watch a good old high school football game and, you know, maybe have meet up with people they haven't seen in a while. And students can, you know, feel some school pride. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think that it's a wonderful thing. Again, again, I, I don't have... Again, I don't know. This is lighthearted. A lighthearted topic. I don't have anything to complain about or any deep insights or whatever. If that's what you want to say about this thing, I just want to relate. Just want to talk about school pride from a perspective of a person who is currently in high school and therefore should be feeling the most school pride, as I am a part of the entity that is being celebrated during homecoming week. And so, you know, I, you know, I just helped decorate a hallway. I'm back from it, two hours removed from getting paint on my hands. 
I'm feeling bad after I'm not checking the backside of the poster. And then feeling some weird, uh, slightly wet residue on my hand, which is never the most pleasant of feelings, of course. And ultimately, to get this on, on track, back to point of school prayer, I, I think that students should feel some sort of pride in the school that they go to. But I can also understand how that can be difficult, especially if you go to a district or a school that doesn't help you out in, the, in a way that maybe like it's a school has like like major issues and maybe doesn't have funding. And the mascot is just like some NFL team just given a different color scheme. Looking at like a huge amount of high schools when I say call them out on that. But yeah, I also think that school spirit, regardless of maybe whatever cynicism you may have or whatever tainted memories of high school that you may possess into your adult years that I surely will also carry with me is that having school pride and homecoming week shows the type of things that can happen when people are allowed to simply be at their most simple and genuine form, which is being as part of a greater community. I mean, that community is where the greatest things can happen. I believe that it is the founding block of anything. Because everything has to start from somewhere. And the community is that local network where you spend most of your formative, when you spend most of your time. And I think that as schools around the country have homecoming week, I think that's important to think back on the formative moments and have defined us in high school and the school and life in general. And also how something that can argue that is arguably trivial can still instill in people a great sense of pride and sense of belonging, which I think is completely and extremely admirable. So, go Spartans, and good luck to whatever school that you are going to be celebrating homecoming with. And surely, I surely do hope that I will be able to celebrate homecoming in my future when I graduate as well. Hey, hey guys, this is the wonderful conclusion part of the podcast. And I just want to say thank you for listening to everything that I've said and thought about and stumbled around, but eventually crashing through all of the underbrush and the forest and making it back to the main path without Google Maps or anything. So again, I just want to let you guys know that this is a work in progress, of course. This is, but I'm not making excuses. This is my first podcast. This is the first episode. I know what I'm doing. This is the format I like. I believe in what I'm doing about this. I believe in the content that I can produce and the ideas and connections that I can talk about and the solutions and conclusions I take away. I believe that they can help the listeners, you guys. And frankly, I'm just excited to see where this goes and let's go with the flow, get an episode out, record it on a Friday, have the entire week and events from the week to digest. And the podcast should be out by Sunday, depending on how long it takes to distribute. 
frankly, I'm just excited to get this, get this thing going and steaming and chugging and running the mile and fitness grand pacer test and all of that good stuff. And man, I'm getting pumped up just thinking about it when it's about time to wind down on a Friday night to go to bed. Not right now, actually. It's only 7.12. Yeah, that is a bit early, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, guys, thank you. There'll be one podcast a week. And hope you look forward to it. If any comments, suggestions, qu- topics, ideas, concerns, what's for lunch on Monday, I'm happy to, and I will, frankly, respond and think about and internalize and ponder over every one of those things that you can send my way. So again, to wrap it up, again, in the energetic format, thank you for listening to the first School to the Pool podcast. I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. Be safe and be happy and do great things. And any more positive things that I want to say but I can't think of right now, So I'm going to hit the stop recording and catch you guys in the next one. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.